Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our sermon series from 1 Samuel, A Personal God. We hope that this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. We are going to continue our series that we've been in. We just started last week, the series called A Personal God, and uh, just understanding, of course, 1 Samuel, it's an amazing book, and uh, I would ask this morning how many of you have read through it, but you don't need to raise your hand, just if you've read through the book of 1 Samuel, then no doubt uh, you would agree with me of what an incredible book it is. It's a book where you read the stories of of peasants and kings, of priests and prophets, and, and everyone in between. They're just a bunch of individuals. You read of nations, and yet with all of it, throughout the entire book, We discover the hand of a personal God and a God that wanted to be involved in the lives of nations and the lives of individuals. And last week, just uh, by way of introduction, last week, if you were here, you'll remember that we started with the story. Excuse me. We kind of jumped right into the middle of the story of a lady named Hannah. This lady, she was barren. She was married to a man by the name of Elkanah. And If you go and you read the story, we find that she was in a very discouraged place. And actually, we did the research together last week, and we found out that she wasn't suffering just from from a little discouragement. She was actually at the point of depression. She She was in depression. She was at the place where the Bible says in the book of 1 Samuel in chapter number 1 and verse number 10 that she was in bitterness of soul. She was in anguish and depression. She was just going through an absolute tumultuous time in her life. If you do the research, and and we went through it last week, we found that to make things, the reason why she was going through it was she, number one, she didn't have a child. And in that time and age, that, that was almost looked down upon as like, God is against you. If you don't have kids and you're married, God's against you. And that's, that was kind of the mindset then. Number two, we found out that uh, Penina, the other wife of Elkanah, and again, we talked about that biblically and how uh, that's not something that God prescribes is to marry multiple women, just so people know that we're on the same page. It means multiple mother-in-laws. We already went through that. But last week, we discovered that Penina, uh, she, she completely always attacked and, and berated Hannah. And she would put Hannah, she, the Bible says that she provoked her uh, even unto just this point of anguish and frustration and, and that bitterness of soul. And so then we found that Elkanah, her husband, he, did, he wanted to help, but he didn't know what to say. And so he comes to her and he says, hey, aren't I better than, than 10 sons? And the Bible says from that, man, she just broke down. Well, what did she do in her discouragement, in her time of despair? What did she do? But we found out last week that she realized I can turn to God. And she took all of her anguish, all of her discouragement, all of her depression, and she directed it to the Lord. And what a helpful thought we found last week that regardless of what we go through, regardless of where we're at in life, we should always turn to him. I couldn't help this last week but reflect on that message a little bit and a little bit. And as I was studying for today, man, thinking about how time, I, I planned the messages out and the passages out uh, a long time before. And I can look at this passage where we were at last week and what took place this last week, really the coronavirus really hitting America hard and all the things taking place. And I thought, man, what a helpful message for me. Dennis, you don't need to worry. You don't need to, frust- you don't need to get fear and get frustrated. You just need to turn to me, turn to God. Regardless of what we go through, man, we should always realize I can turn to him. And last week we discovered this simple truth, that while God is a powerful God, 
He's a personal God who wants us to turn to him in every situation. Well, God blessed Hannah. He heard her prayer and he gave her a son. And last week we were there as she worshiped the Lord. First Samuel chapter two, verses one through 10. She just worshiped God and praised him. God, I gave it to you and you blessed and I'm so thankful. And then she turned right around and she brought Samuel and gave Samuel right back to the Lord. Gave Samuel right back to the Lord. And that's where we were at last week. That's where we stopped. And this morning, before we kind of come into our passage in 1 Samuel chapter number two, I just want to ask you if, I want to ask you if you notice a difference, if you notice a difference between these two paintings. This is my most favorite painting that Hannah's done. I, I appreciate my wife being an artist and I wonder if you notice a difference between that one and that one. How many of you see a difference? Yeah. Some of you are like, I don't want to raise my hand because I don't want to get caught. You know, if you were to look at these two paintings, we would probably, all of us would probably very quickly admit one of these paintings is good. One of them is enjoyable to look at. One of them is a blessing. One of them, when you look at it, man, it, to me, when you look at it, it just brings peace. The other one, not so much. The other painting, it leaves you wanting more. It leaves you wishing it was done better. And honey, I'm sorry to tell you, but... No, I'm just kidding. This is the good painting, isn't it? Man, this is the good painting, and I'm not going to tell you who did that one. But this is the good painting. <laughs> and when you, look at, when you look at these paintings, you know what I, you know what I can look at? I, I can see the difference in these two paintings. They're, very, they, they, they're, they're in contrast, aren't they? Even though it's the same painting, it's not the same painting. This morning, I just want us to understand something, that you can have two things that are supposed to be the same, and yet they're very different. And as we come, before, come to our passage today, we're going to discover two stories that should have been the same, and yet they were very different. One story is blessed, it's enjoyable to read, it's good to look at, it's interesting, it's encouraging, and the other story, not so much. It's discouraging. It ends in death. It's a life, it's, it's, a, it's a story of frustration. We find these two different, two contrasting stories in 1 Samuel chapter number two. And so stand with me if you would, 1 Samuel chapter two. 1 Samuel chapter two this morning. And we're gonna begin reading in verse number 11. We're just gonna read two verses. <coughs> Excuse me, 1 Samuel chapter two. Verse number 11 and verse number 12, we read these words. And Elkanah went to Ramah and to his house. And the child, this would be Samuel, did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. Now, the sons of Eli, we met them just a little bit ago, Hophni and Phinehas. They were sons of Belial, and they knew not the Lord. Again, this morning, two contrasting stories, two very different narratives, and two very different endings. 
And I believe today that it's going to be a great help for us to observe and look at these two stories because I want to challenge us by the end of this message to choose which story would benefit your life. Which story would you rather line up with? We're going to look this morning at the two contrasting stories of Samuel versus the lives of Hophni and Phinehas. We should be reading very similar stories, and yet it's two very different stories with very different endings. And so let's start with a word of prayer with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Why don't you take a minute and just in the silence of your own heart, would you ask God to speak to your heart this morning? Pray something very simple. Dear God, please speak to me. And then make the commitment, God, if you speak to me, I'm listening to you. I'll respond to you today. For the word of God, thank you for how you use it to encourage and to help us. And so, Lord, I pray this morning as we come to our time in the word, Father, I just commit to you my heart and humble myself before you and ask you that you'd speak. I pray, Lord, that as we go through the message that you would challenge and convict and encourage And Lord, that you would really just strengthen our hearts for you this week through the words that we have today. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your love. We thank you for all that you're going to do in these next few moments. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You go ahead and be seated. As our passage opens this morning, I want us to understand kind of who we're talking about as we go through the message today. As you come to 1 Samuel chapter number 2, we come into a time, again, just after Elkanah and Hannah have dropped off their son Samuel for service, of the, for service to the Lord there in, in Ramah, there in, in Shiloh, the house of the Lord. And uh, Samuel would go on to live and to serve uh, at the house of God. And actually, we would find that Samuel is the last of the judges that God brought to the, to, to the people of Israel to point them back to the Lord. How many of you remember our series in Judges we were in a few months ago, that, that relentless series and watching the pursuing grace of God after his children? Samuel would be one of the very last, he would be the last judge before uh, the kings would be set in place with Saul and David and so forth. And, but while the life of, of Samuel begins to unfold in, in 1 Samuel 2, we are also introduced into the lives of two other young men. Now, these young men would be probably, oh, I don't know, I would say probably 20 to 30, maybe 40 years older than Samuel. But they're two young men who they, like Samuel, would, they were raised in the house of God. They were raised in the presence of God. They were raised with the, 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 the priest, Eli, as their father. And yet we find a very big difference between these three young men. And while they are brought up in the same environment, they choose different paths and we find different endings to their story. So we, norm, we don't normally go through and just read a long portion of scripture, but I really just, I want us to catch what's going on. And so I want you to take your Bible, I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 13, and we're just going to kind of read this passage together. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 13, it says this, and the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servants came while the flesh was in seething with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand. Now, stop real quick. I'm going to explain all of this in just a minute. So just follow along. We'll all kind of be clueless together 
and then we'll jump in. Verse number 14. And he struck it into the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in Shiloh unto all the Israelites that came thither. Also before they burnt the fat, the priest's servants came and said to the man that sacrificed, Give flesh to roast for the priest, for he will not have sodden flesh of thee, but raw. And if any man said unto him, Let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as thy soul desireth, then he would answer him, Nay, but thou shalt give it me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Wherefore, the sin of the young men, Eli, or Ophni and Phinehas, it was very great before the Lord, and men abhorred the offering of the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she was come up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli blessed Elkanah, um, and his wife, and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went unto their own home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Let me tell you something real quick, and we won't mention much of it. But you look in verse 19 through 21, God blessed Hannah with more kids because Hannah was one that she kept that promise. She said, God, you give me a son and I'll give him back to you. And we need to remember that anytime you give to the Lord, man, God can always outgive his own. Man, God always outgives his people. And this is just another great story of that giving being blessed. Verse 22. Now, Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no, it is no good report that I hear. Ye make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord... Who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. The child Samuel, he grew on, and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. And there came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon mine altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and mine offering? which I have commanded in my habitation and honorest thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me, shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm, the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation and all the wealth which God shall uh, give Israel. And there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. The man of thine whom I shall uh, not cut off from mine altar 
shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thine heart and all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age. And this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons on Hophni and Phinehas. In one day they shall die, both of them. And I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left in thine house shall come and crouch to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and shall say, put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's offices that I may eat a piece of bread. I don't know if you caught all of that, but what a story. What a story, what an account. Two very different stories that we read, two contrasting stories. And I want you to take just a minute this morning and discover some of the differences between Samuel with Hophni and Phinehas. I want you to see, first of all, that there was a difference in their relationship with God. There was a difference in their relationship with God. We see this difference immediately mentioned and brought to light as we start this morning. We find in verse number 11, the Bible says in verse 11 of 1 Samuel chapter number 2, that Elkanah went to Ramah to his house, so he left Samuel there, in, or went, left Samuel in Shiloh. And then it says this, And the child, Samuel, did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. We read that Samuel, he grew and he ministered unto the Lord, and he grew in the Lord and he knew the Lord. But the author then writes a contrasting statement, and, he, and he's trying to show, I want to show you the difference between Samuel and these others. Verse number 11 would point out that Samuel knew the Lord, loved the Lord. Verse number 12 points out the polar opposite with Hophni and Phinehas. Because notice what it says, and I want you to see the words this morning. If you have a Bible that you underline in, underline the words this morning. Now the sons of Eli were sons of Belial. And look what it says. They knew not the Lord. They knew not the Lord. The connection between the verse 11 and verse number 12 are the words that the author uses, and specifically the word now. That word now, it would mean this, on the other hand. So here's what he's saying. Samuel grew and ministered unto the Lord. On the other hand, you have the sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. They were sons of Belial. They, they knew not the Lord. On the one hand, you have Samuel, loved God, knew God, grew in God. On the other hand, you have Hophni and Phinehas. They knew not the Lord. As they grow up, Hophni and Phinehas proved to be sons of Belial, profane and, and wicked men who knew not the Lord. And even though they were raised in the house of the Lord, listen, they were raised as children of the priest, children of Eli. They were raised like the pastor's kids. Where are my kids at today? You guys listen up. They were raised as the pastor's kids, and yet the Bible says that they knew not the Lord. They lived with no real relationship with God. Can I tell you the thought this morning that to know about God is not the same as knowing God? The word know in this passage, it's a very interesting word. It means to know by experience or to be acquainted with. To know by experience or to be acquainted with. Can I tell you that 
Hophni and Phinehas, they knew about God. They knew some of the things of God, but they didn't know God. They really weren't acquainted with him. They really had not experienced him. And the author, listen, the author gets very specific with the reader to highlight the difference. Hey, Samuel, he grew in the Lord and he ministered unto the Lord. On the other hand, Hophni and Phinehas, they had no clue. They didn't know God. This is something that we often look at here at our church, but I think it's a good thing to mention again this morning. And that's just the phrase that there is a difference in knowing about God and knowing God. There are a lot of people out there that know about God. As I was traveling this week, I, of course, as you travel, spend time in, in airplanes and hotels and different things like that. And, and I met a, a lady working at one of the hotels and she was just working behind the desk and and uh, Air Force mom and has grandkids and her son's about to be stationed at Fort Lewis. And so we had that connection of Washington. Of course, I grew up right there by JBLM and we were talking and, and of course we're talking coronavirus and then that leads to talking politics. And we began to kind of talk through politics a little bit and, and she began to share with me her very strong opinion um, uh, against certain leaders and things going on in our country and her stance. And, and I said, well, you know, I, I agree with you on it to a certain degree. I said, in all, all honesty, I said, I don't agree with everything our president does, but I do agree with the fact that he stands for life and he stands for, for Christians having rights. And I, I agree with that and I believe that. And, and I just began to kind of speak some Bible truths into her life. And she proceeded to tell me about how she's a Christian and she didn't go into depth, but she just had this thought. You know what she told me? She knows a lot about God. I don't know if she knows the Lord or doesn't. But what I want to bring out is this simple point. There's a lot of people, they know the talk. There's a lot of people that sit in churches or watch online that know the talk. But there's a big difference in knowing about God and knowing God. Well, what's the difference in? I want you to know this this morning. The difference is found in relationship. The difference is found in relationship. <clears throat> I used a few weeks ago, and my parents were out of town that week that I used this illustration, but I, I showed a picture of my daddy doe. How, do you remember, how many of you remember that? I put that picture up and, and showed a picture of my daddy, Doe. This is my mom's, really her stepdad, but he was raised as her, her dad, or she was raised with uh, him as her dad her whole life. And man, daddy, Doe, uh, he's crazy. Daddy, Doe, he's, he was crazy. Uh, he was a great man of God, loved the Lord, loved his family. I told you about him and taking care of mama. And you know, I, I've used my daddy, Doe, a number of times in illustrations. All of you here, if you've been in any of those services, you know about Daddy Doe. You know about Gordon Harwood. You know about him. You know some stories I've recounted for you. I put the picture up of him putting a lampshade on his head and hanging his arms in a rope and just being crazy. And, and so you know story. You know about Daddy Doe. But there's just a few people in here that know Daddy Doe. There's just a few people in here that have actually spent time with him and met him. There's just a few folks in here that, that knew Maggie or Mama. There's a difference. Well, what's the difference? Relationship. You see, I know and I knew real well Daddy Doe. I knew Mama. I know them. Why? Because relationship. 
There's a lot of Christians that they know things about God, but they don't have a relationship with God. And can I tell you this morning that relationship starts at a thing called salvation. It's asking Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of your sin. It's putting your faith and trust in Jesus alone. Knowing that he died on the cross. Listen, Jesus died for you. He loves you and he cares for you. And he was crucified on a cross for your sin. Every single one of us are sinners. Every single one of us deserve hell. And yet Jesus came. Well, why did he come? He came to show you he loved you and to die on the cross for you. But then he rose from the dead to prove that he was God and to prove that you can put your faith and trust in him. And Jesus said, it's, it's not our works that get us to heaven. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Paul wrote it there, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy hath he saved us. Listen, salvation starts my relationship with him. But then can I just tell you that each and every day, a Christ, there can be a lot of Christians that, that are saved that still just know about God and don't really know him. Oh, they're saved and they know that they're going to heaven, but there's no relationship being built. We heard this morning in, in our life stage class, and I don't, know what, I don't know what lesson everybody else is on, but I know what we're on. And we looked this morning at the truth that in order to build a relationship, you got to spend time together. If you're going to have a relationship with the Lord, if you're going to know God, you got to spend time with God. If you're going to know God, you've got you've to spend time with him. We're looking this morning and understanding these two very different, very different uh, uh, stories. There's a difference in their relationship with God. And to know the Lord is to have a relationship with the Lord. And so I want you to understand something this morning that you and I, as we continually grow in that relationship, it's not going to happen unless we're spending time with the Lord. Hophni and Phinehas, in their relationship, Samuel grew in God and he knew God. On the other hand, Hophni and Phinehas, they didn't. Well, this led to the second difference. We're going to see it this morning, and that's the fact that there was a difference in their service for God. There was a difference in their relationship with God, but then there was a difference in their service for God. As we read of these opposing stories, we find that Samuel grew in the Lord and served the Lord, but the other two, Hophni and Phinehas, they sinned against the Lord and against the service of God. Notice verse 11, 1 Samuel chapter 2, the child did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. That word minister, it means that he served, wholeheartedly served. And then verse number 18, it Highlight Samuel again. It says, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. We read that Samuel served the Lord and he was used by God. Samuel ministered and was brought up to love serving the Lord. And then verse number 18, when it says that he was girded with the linen ephod, he's actually given a position of honor in his service. This would be something that wasn't uh, to serve with an, a linen ephod. This is something that would be uh, given to only those that had achieved the, uh, rank, the ranks in the priesthood. So it'd kind of be like moving up, you know, you, you come in as just kind of the the hall servant, just kind of one who administered to the priest and do things, but then you're one that's responsible for maybe helping with the sacrifices or maybe washing certain uh, uh, um, tools and things that would be used within the tabernacle. And so we can see that Samuel, right at an early age, 
Man, he's promoted to a position of service in the house. And he served, he had such a heart to serve the Lord that he's honored for his service. And after a while, Eli notices his heart and notices what's taking place. And man, it doesn't take long to look at Samuel and read his story. And you find that God just loved the testimony of of Samuel. And his service was different. How he served God was different. However... The service of Hophni and Phinehas is a very opposite service than that of Samuel. We can go, and we read it just a moment ago, so we won't read it right now, but 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, it tells us how they served. When you read there and it says, and the priest's custom with the people was, it's not referring to like, hey, this is what all priests did. It's referring to Hophni and Phinehas. If you were to go back to the book of Leviticus, I think chapter 7 and verse, I don't know, 30 down through 35, chapter 7, verse number 34, somewhere in there, it highlights that the priest was supposed to uh, go about the offering of the Lord certain ways, and there are certain parts of the sacrifice that would be given to the priest. We're not going to get into all that. Here's what we need to know. Hophni and Phinehas, they abused the office of priest in a great way. They abused it extensively. How do we know that? Well, verse 14 highlights their greed. They took more than they were supposed to. Verse 15 speaks of their impropriety. They had no fear of God. They didn't care what God had said. They were going to do what they wanted to. Verse 16 highlights that they serve God with bullying tactics. Go to verse 16. I want you to see this. If any man said unto him, let them not fail to burn the fat presently. So if anybody reminded them, hey, 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 this isn't how we do things. No, make sure you burn the fat. Make sure you, and let's go back to the law and how we do things. If anybody would try to remind them, it says, then he would answer him, nay, but thou shalt give it me now. And if not, I will take it by force. So this is how Hophni and Phinehas are serving the Lord. They're serving the Lord in greed and with that impropriety, no fear of God. They're serving the Lord with bullying tactics. I mean, they really, if you look at Hophni and Phinehas, they were serving their own selves. They were sinning against the Lord by misusing the office that they were given. They they were using what God had given them for self-promotion and self-benefit. You know, it's interesting is they didn't go and serve other gods like other people had done. They actually were doing worse. They managed the service of Jehovah God as if it had been, as if he was a deity of the heathen. They worshiped God like he was a false God, selfishly. One man said it this way, it's hard to say which dishonors God more, idolatry or profaneness especially the profaneness of the priests. They robbed the offerers and they seized for themselves some of their part of the sacrifice of the peace offerings. And they, one man said it this way, they stepped in before God himself and encroached upon his right to. As if it were a small thing to weary men, they wearied God also. I want you to notice verse 17. It tells us the result of their service. What's the result of their service? Verse 17 It says, wherefore, the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Men abhorred the offering of the Lord. That's a very interesting verse. Here's what it means. The word abhorred, it means to despise or contemn, to treat or regard with contempt. 
You say, well, what's that saying, Pastor? Hophni and Phinehas' way that they served God, it caused other people to literally hate the worship of God. They hated sacrificing. They hated going through the, the customs that they were supposed to. They hated the worship of the Lord. That's what it says. For men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Listen, they hate it. Hophni and Phinehas mistreated and abused their position so much that it caused people to say, I hate going to the tabernacle. I hate bringing an offering. I hate seeing Hophni and Phinehas. Man, I absolutely hate that. Wow. I don't know about you, but I would not want that to be my testimony. <laughs> hey, you caused people to hate worshiping God. <laughs> That's, wow. That is deep, isn't it, Leo? Man, it caused people to hate it. Hophni and Phinehas' actions, they caused people to abhor the worship of the Lord. Can I just tell you that you can draw people to worship the Lord or you can drive them from worshiping the Lord. It's all in how you serve. Samuel, he served God from a heart of love and devotion while Hophni and Phinehas, they served God from a heart of selfishness. Samuel's service was a blessing to the people around him, while Hophni and Phinehas' service literally drove people away. And this morning, how you serve God can draw people to him or drive people from him. And here's the thought. When you have a relationship with the Lord and desire to serve him from a heart of love and devotion, it is attractive to those who look on. In contrast, when you serve the Lord by serving yourself, it drives people away. Listen, selfish service is never truly blessed by God. You say, Pastor, what does selfish service look like? Selfish service serves to be seen. It is serving when it's convenient. It is following when it's advantageous. It is serving when others are looking. It is serving to meet my needs and fulfill my serving as unto the Lord. While serving from a heart of devotion and a heart of love is serving as unto the Lord. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. In a focus with reverence towards God. Can I tell you and help us this, this morning, there's a lot of churches filled with people involved in selfish service. You say, well, what, what's that look like? Well, I'll give only when I'm required to. I'll give when somebody's looking. I'll sing when somebody's watching. I'll be involved when others are asking. Or it, It's not a person who says, God, I'm here for you. Singleness of heart, fearing God. Let me tell you this morning that your service is either drawing people to him or driving people from him. It's helping people say, I want, their, I want his God, I want her God. Or people say, I don't want what they got. I don't want that. People treating, people treating a lot of Christians like they got coronavirus. I don't want their service. Keeping sick, I'm keeping eight feet away from them. I don't want that Christianity. Man, I don't want that to be said of me. You look this morning, we find there's a big difference there's a difference in the relationship they had with the Lord. There's a difference in the service for God. Notice, thirdly, there's a difference in their testimony before God. 
Man, there's a difference in their testimony before God. We see this real quickly. There was a difference in their relationship with God that led to a difference in their service to God. And that follows, is followed by that difference in their testimony before God and really before others. Notice what the Bible says about the testimony of Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26. And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. He was in favor both, both with the Lord and also with men. I won't take long on this, but we're just shown in this passage that Samuel, you know what happened? Man, as he grew in love with the Lord and in service with God, people looked at Samuel and said, wow, he's a blessing. And God looked at Samuel and said, wow, he's a blessing. He grew in favor with God and with men. What a testimony. Man, if there's something written about me, I hope that someone writes, they grow in, he grew in favor with God and with men. God looked at him and said, he's a blessing, and man looked at him and said, he's a blessing. But the contrast is Hophni and Phinehas, verse 22 through 25. We won't read the verses right now, but you can go. It's reported that their dealings are wicked. Verse number 23, it says this, and he said, Samuel, or Eli speaking to them, why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. He would go on to say God's not pleased with it and the people aren't encouraged by it. Hophni and Phinehas, they caused people to transgress, caused people to sin against God. It was, it was to a point that they were sinning against God in such a way that they were having inappropriate relationships with women who had come to worship. They weren't, having, they weren't having relationships with prostitutes and, and uh, 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 um, women at the temples like you would find in Ephesians or Corinth. No, the Bible says in verse number 20, uh, 22 that he heard that how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle congregation. These were people who had come to worship. And Hophni and Phinehas were deceiving them and leading them down this wicked, treacherous path. They were abusing their position, their office, their family. Eli, he comes to him and he says, hey, I hear about everything you guys are doing. And he tries to correct them. And the Bible says that they just don't even, don't even listen. Verse 23, I hear about everything you're doing. Verse number uh, 25, man, the, if, one sin against, if a man sins against a man, there's the judge or the priest to stand in between. But if you're sinning against God, man, who's going who's gonna to take up for you? One man said that it's like Eli was saying this. It's not the surmise of one or two, but the avowed testimony of many. All your neighbors cry out shame on you and bring their complaints to me, expecting that I should redress the grievance. Eli's saying, hey, there's not just one or two people coming to me and telling me that you're profaning the temple. All the people are coming to me. We've got to get this right. But they disregarded the correction of their, their father. They really didn't even care what the Lord had to say. And how they were known to God and how they were known to others was affected because of this sin. Samuel, though, he was known to the Lord, known to others as a blessing, while Hophni and Phinehas were known to the Lord and others as wicked and abusers of their office. And I just want to give you this thought this morning that your relationship with the Lord will affect your testimony before the Lord and before others. We're going to go back all the way in just a second to the very beginning. The biggest difference between them was Samuel knew the Lord. Hophni and Phinehas knew about God. This affected the testimony. I want people around me to know that, man, I love the Lord. 
But I'm, they're not, people aren't going to know that if I have no relationship with him. I see this morning that they had a relationship. The difference was their relationship with God. That relationship caused the difference in their service to God. They served God differently. Because of that, they were seen of others differently. There was a different testimony. And this brings us to our final thought for this morning, and that's that there was a difference in their future from God. There was a difference in their future from God. As our passage continues, we find that the prophet comes and basically tells Eli and his family that they will no longer be allowed to serve in the capacity that they're serving in. He actually comes and he says, and you can go, uh, the Lord recounting to Eli the blessing that it was to serve God. Go read verse 27 through 36. The prophet comes to Eli and says, hey, didn't I give you, I gave you a great position. Man, you're a priest. I let you serve me and I gave you, I gave you a great opportunity and a great responsibility and I've met your needs. And, and you go through all those verses we just read a second ago. The priest or, or the, uh, this prophet is saying to Eli, you have been blessed to serve in the house of God. But you've mistreated it. Man, you've gone completely against me. Eli, why didn't you stand up and say something sooner? Eli, why didn't you stand up and, and, and try to help your family sooner? Eli, because of this, I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting your family off. You no longer will serve as a priest. As a matter of fact, things are going to get so bad, Eli, that your family for generations to come is going to come and beg to be a priest again just so you can have your bellies filled with bread. You're not even going to have your needs met. That's, that's some pretty serious consequences, aren't, isn't it? That's Hophni and Phinehas. Because they knew not God, their service for God was profane. Their testimony was one that was debauched and looked upon as, as horrific. And God said, you have no future. We're, I'm done. We're cut off. Because there was no repentance there. They were corrected. They didn't care. God said, I believe God was giving them a chance with Eli in verse 22 through 25. I believe God through Eli is saying, hey guys, just repent. Let's get this straightened out. Nevertheless, they wouldn't. The man, they turned away. On the contrary though, and we find some great things about Eli, or great things about Samuel. You can go and you can find that Samuel, it says in verse 26, he grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Chapter 3 and verse number 1, the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the Lord of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Man, you know what happened? Hophni and Phinehas, they were, their future with God, it was cut off because there was no repentance. And yet Samuel's future, Samuel's future was given. God said, you know what? I'm going to use you. Man, I'm going to use you. God had great plans for Hophni and Phinehas, and yet we find that because of a wicked heart, God would not use them. Instead, he used Samuel in a great way. You know, as we come to this story, we read this chapter, and we can see very quickly the vast difference between the life of Samuel versus the lives of Hophni and Phinehas. Samuel, he's one that Really, his story, it's like Hannah's painting. It's good to look at. His story, and this is, this is the painting that I put in my office. And you don't want to know why when I look at this painting, whew, there's, there's just a peace in my own heart. 
You say, well, just all that from a painting? Yeah, because I remember taking the pic- I was taking the picture. I remember that day at the ocean. I can look at that painting, and I, I, man, it reminds me of my wife, and it looks just like a photograph. Man, it's amazing. It just, I love looking at that. That's the story of Samuel. And the story of Samuel, it's a blessing. You can look at it and know, wow, man, it's so good to know God. There's so much peace in knowing God. The other painting, again, I'm not going to tell you who painted it. Okay, it was me. <laughs> but you gathered that by now. The other painting, you know what? It, that's right, that's right. That painting, although, although last night the kids were like, no, Dad, it's, it's okay. Dennis said, Dad, it looks great if you close your eyes. <laughs> that's true. You know what, this painting, I'm not an artist. I don't claim to be. I know nothing about it. As a matter of fact, Hannah had to mix all the paints and everything for me. Like if I would have had her do that, it'd be even worse. You know what, you're not gonna ask me to buy this. I mean, someone might just to make fun of me, but you're not, you're not gonna come up. This isn't gonna be in any galleries. This isn't gonna be on a website for sale. Might be at a pawn shop or something. That this isn't going, it's not gonna be on display anywhere. It has no future. It's gonna get painted over. Can I tell you, that's like Hoffman and Phineas. Not good to look at. I don't want their story. Why? No future. Gonna get painted over. You say, Pastor, what's, all the, what's the whole thought then about today? It goes back to verse 11 and 12. It's the contrasting statement that opens it up. Samuel's there. He grew and he ministered to the Lord. On the other hand, Hophni and Phinehas, they were sons of Belial. They knew not God. Here's the biggest difference. The biggest difference was completely in that first point, it's relationship. Hophni and Phinehas, they knew about God. I know about art, but Hannah knows art. Hophni and Phinehas, they knew about God, but Samuel knew God. I want to ask you, where are you going to be at this week? As you go to work this week, are you going to be in a culture, this culture that's going crazy and panic? Are they going to see a Christian who just knows about God? Are they going to see a Christian who knows God because they've spent time with him? Knows God because they've been in the word. Knows God because they've been seeking him. What's what's your culture going to see this week? But today I want to close with just this thought that maybe you're here and you don't know God as your savior. I want to give you in just a moment, we'll have an invitation. We invite you to come. Someone will take a Bible. They'll show you how you can know that Jesus Christ is in your life. But if you're here today and you do know Christ as your Savior, even after you get saved, you can just know about God. And so I want to challenge us today. Let's look at the lives of Samuel versus Hophni and Phinehas. God, I want the life of Samuel. I want to know you. I want, I want that to affect how I serve you, not serving selfishly. God, I want that to affect my testimony and how I've seen by others and by you. And then, God, I want that to affect my future for you. But it all boils back down to relationship. Do you know about him or do you know him? This week, will you know about him or will you know him? 
Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.